Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uptown got its hustlers. The Bowery got its bumps. The 42nd Street got Big Jim Walker. He a bull-shooting son of a gun. Is that Jim Schwantz's walk-up music that I hear? Look at that, Big Jim Schwantz. Okay, he joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. We welcome in the mayor of Palatine and the one of the analysts on the seven, WBBM AM 780 105.9 FM Bears broadcasts. And uh, Mr. Mayor, let's ask first, how are things going with lockdown, the degree of lockdown in Palatine, and are you out there light-footing people, going to throw them in jail if they <laughs> dare to pair up? We are. Uh, good morning, guys. First off, or good afternoon now. We're hoping that uh, we're trusting our residents that, that they're going to do the right thing. There's There's been some, some, some changes, some updates. Uh, we're constantly, constantly gathering information and, and making adjustments. But we are definitely following the lead of the, uh, the governor, J.B. Pritzker, and then um, – we watch uh, what the CDC and the Illinois Department of Health are saying, and you know some of the uh, some of the changes this week. It's not us. Uh, we're not we're not the taxing body. It's the, the park district decided to lock all the courts up, so uh, their basketball courts have lids on them. The basketball hoops have lids on them now. There's uh, lacrosse goals and the and the, uh, and the uh, soccer goals have been taken down, um, and all the uh, the parks, whether they're uh, District 15, the school district parks, or the park district parks, have been taped off. So. I think we're just uh, we're just really trying to get to what is the new normal here for the next foreseeable future until uh, we see the end of this thing. Okay, yeah, Jim, and I know you do more than just mayor the mayor of Palatine, but has this has this job the mayor of Palatine like have you just it, how much have you had to do throughout this? Like, are you constantly on the phone, constantly online, trying to get things set, or is it business as usual? No, it's 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 uh, increased exponentially. I think, uh, you know, mostly obviously for the reasons of we just mentioned the social distancing and not gathering in, in groups. There's, it's all you know conference calls, it's teleconferences. You know, it's our, our county representatives, our, our our state representatives. Our you know we were on a call the other day with Senators Durbin and, and Duckworth. So we call into the Lightwood Lightfoot uh, conference call as well. The Northwest Municipal Conference has one. The, the IML has one. So there's, there's, there's constant information sharing that's going on. And, you know, I think that's the majority. You may listen to a, you know, a, an hour, you may be on a call for an hour and really nothing has changed. Nothing's gone on, but, but people are telling each other what it is that they're doing in their communities, what they've done that have seen, you know, some, some positive signs and, and maybe some things that they're doing that, you know, they wish they would have done differently. So, you know, I think that's the difference between the public sector and the private sector, private sector, everything is, is patented everything is a secret everything is trade secrets and in the public sector it's not uncommon you share information constantly not just in this in these times with with what's going on with the pandemic but but day to day we're always sharing information 
Okay, we're uh, Mr. Mayor. Thank you for the update. Now let's talk to Jim Schwantz, the football analyst. The Bears officially announced they signed Jimmy Graham. Um, what do you think, and why is this good, bad, or indifferent? Uh, I'm indifferent to it, really. I mean, I obviously I remember the Jimmy Graham that was uh, that was really unstoppable for years um, in New Orleans, and 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 what he was able to do, and really was one of the the forerunners, along with Tony Gonzalez, they really just kind of changed the the, the, the tight end position, kind of led to the Gronkowskis and, and now the, uh, the the Travis Kelseys that we're seeing now. But um, you know, he's he's on the downside of his career. He's not going to be somebody you're game planning for. He's not going to be somebody that has you know the ability to just go up and win the 50-50 balls consistently like he was doing when his when his career was at its peak. But you know, he, he does give some stability to the position. He's, he's not an inline blocker. He's he's more of a a hybrid, uh, you know, slot guy that you try to find the, the tough matchup to. Um, he's he's got a big catch radius. Obviously, that's not changing. He's a big, strong, strong man. But uh, but I don't I don't anticipate you're going to see the numbers anywhere near even what he what he put up the last couple of years. I think he's just um, you know a, a plug-in guy at this point in, in his career. And um, you know maybe if anything, it lights a fire under Adam Shaheen. But I, I just don't know if there's enough enough kindling there to light a fire hot enough to, to really find out what, what was the reason why, uh, you know, Ryan Pace reached to get Adam Shaheen in the first place. And then, you know, the Trey Burton thing, I don't know that that ever, ever goes anywhere beyond uh, what he was when he was originally signed. I think uh, they had a lot more hope for what he was going to bring. And it's, it's been frustrating. That tight end position has been frustrating for, for quite some time now, since probably before they let uh, uh, Olsen go. This segment of The Score is being brought to you by Illini Healthcare. You deserve quality healthcare. Choose Illini Care Health for healthcare coverage that includes free gym memberships, after-school care, and school uniforms that either you or your family can take advantage of. Visit IlliniCare.com today. Illini Care Health is a healthcare choice Illinois plan. Talking to Jim Schwantz here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The Score, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody. What did you think, Jim, of the Nick Foles acquisition, the trade for Nick Foles? You know, I, I think I had, something had to be done. I, I don't, I don't believe there was any way. You know, the you know the Tyler Brace, you know, uh, signing last week. Uh, if that was the only thing that had gone on, I just don't know how you justify the 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 the, the standing pat with with those types of moves. You know, Nick Foles, he, he's he's a, he's a locker room guy. He's a he's a company guy. You know, I think he's already done some things with his contract to try to make it a little bit easier to to. Uh, the stomach with regards to the cap hit. So he's doing what he needs to do. Um, you know, I, I'm guessing, and this is just me, you know, guessing as a fan that, that uh, they will have first rip, first snaps are going to go to, uh, you know, to Mitch and, and then, and then Foles will be there to kind of guide him. And, and, and as much as we thought Chase was a good guy in that locker room, good guy in the, in the quarterback room, you know, it doesn't appear that really anybody was, was mentoring um, young Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. So maybe that's where the Nick Foles thing comes in. And, you know, and if, and if something were to go haywire and it is a bad training camp, like last training camp was not a good training camp for Mitch Trubisky. If this is another one of those, they have a vested, you know, quarterback that they can go to a trusted guy. Who's, who's got, uh, the, the decision-making ability. And, and, uh, you know, the, the thing you wonder about is whether he's going to get enough snaps in training camp to develop some type of, 
you know, rhythm with like an Allen Robinson or, or whoever, whoever the receivers are to be able to make sure that they're on the same page if and when that does come to the point where they have to make some type of move. We're talking with Jim Schwantz, WBBM, AM, FM, Bears crew, pregame, postgame, halftime. Jim, when you hear the coach say that the quarterback – needs to become a master of all coverages and needs to know the offense better than the coach who wrote the the playbook. To me, it says that Mitch Trubisky hasn't learned how to learn at the NFL level. What does it say to you? Well, you know, Rosie, let's start by saying that, you know, if it was simple as, you know, cover two, cover three, quarter coverage, deep safety high, and it was, and you could just pick them out and go, then, then I would say, listen, yeah, he's, he, he hasn't mastered it yet. But the, the defenses in the NFL are consistently evolving each and every week, not just each and every year, each, but each and every week. So, you know, he's going to have to understand and it's, it's chess. You know, it's not checkers. So if, if you come out and you see a you know, cover three look, you know, and you got to anticipate if they're gonna if they're gonna slide to some different type of coverage or if they're playing you know backside man to man or whatever it is. And he is not at that point yet where he is thinking that quickly. He is still seeing things that he's never in his life seen before, and he will see things for years as long as he's still in this league that he hasn't seen before. So his ability to improvise, I think that's where his legs came in so well a couple of years ago. And last year had us all kind of banging our heads as to, you know, why doesn't he just escape a little? He became overcoached, in my opinion, to stand in the pocket and read defenses, and he's not good enough at it yet. Um, I remember last year during training camp, uh, you know, coach came out and said something like it's, he's progressing, he's progressing. He's, he's now finishing the play call before I can get it out. I'll start the play call and he's finishing it. Well, that's great. Finishing a play call. You know, you, you study the playbook, you know, where the plays are called, you know, the cadence to the calls that, that come in from the coach, but you got to understand each and every play where everybody's going protections, you know, route progressions, route adjustments, um, based on defenses, so he is, you know, he's not there yet. He he isn't. It, it showed last year with some of the confusing things. Some of his bad throws were maybe not due to the fact that they were terrible mechanic type throws, but that he had anticipated something that that wasn't there, and his receivers and him were not on the same page. Do you think that Trubisky gets a shot to start the season, or do you think it's Nick Foles' job to, from the beginning? I believe, Mark, it's, it's, it's Mitch's to start. I think I just, from everything I've been hearing and, and, and reading and, and, you know, kind of uh, consuming with regards to stuff coming out, and, and realistically in this day and age where there's no sports to watch, we were really hypersensitive to kind of everything that's coming out, everything that's being said, because you, know, you want to absorb sports as much as possible. And, and that's just my, my take on it. Um, you know, I know when, when, the, when, the sign, or when the trade happened, it was, oh, a new QB1 is in the house, a new QB1 is in Chicago, it's now Nick Foles. <laughs> and, and, I, and I didn't see that. I really didn't. I don't know that, you know, um, that's the type of move they made for that purpose. Um, I just think they put stability into the quarterback position and, and competition, you know, and I think we've all been kind of calling for that. Um, you know, Mitch for two years hasn't had anybody, three years hasn't had anybody to really compete against. Um, he was kind of handed the job and, and, and under, under John Sox when he, when he went to him early, and that's kind of been that way. So let's see what happens with a little bit of competition. I know Mitch is an, an, an elite competitor. I, you know, everything I've heard about the kid, he's, 
first in, last out, those types of things. He's not coasting on the fact that he was a you know a first round pick or anything. He wants to be good. He wants to be great. But um, right now, I don't know that there's a support system there for him. So hopefully, Nick Foles kind of uh, fills a little bit of that gap. Jim Schwantz with us, six years in the NFL, Super Bowl ring with the Dallas Cowboys, 1996. So you've been around the league, and now you're uh, working for WBBM, 780 AM, 105.9 FM, seeing it from from all sides. So we hear stories about the NFL and its paranoia and the OCD way with which they these teams go about their jobs. So now you're looking at a draft where you got the underwear Olympics out of the way, you're able to do that. But all the follow-up stuff, all the pro days, all the everything about that follows the underwear Olympics, you're not teams are not allowed to do. How long before we hear stories of NFL teams actually meeting with players, defying all orders, and the teams that don't? Is there a greater reliance on tape and just watching how football players play football and that changes the way this draft will be looked at? Well, I would think, you know, Rosie, I think if, if they had not done the combine first, then I would say, listen, you gotta, now you've got to spend even more time watching tape, even more time leaning on your scouts who have been out and have had the opportunity to see these guys play in person and, and really the old school way, really, really break down the tape because – you know, then what happens is the combine comes along and a guy blows the combine out of the water and then you then you disregard the tape as much and you're like, well, but yeah, but he's got the measurables and that's what everybody wants to see is the measurables. Well, they've had the combine, so they've got some more data there to kind of go with. Regarding, you know, what guy, what teams are going to do and, and the fact that everybody's got their routines and the things that they have to do to in order to feel comfortable to, to invest an extreme amount of money into these guys, um, I'm hoping it's, you know, maybe it's just phone calls um, you know, they are able to reach out you know, through social media or whatever. But if there's any type of, of private workouts going on or any type of private meetings going on, I would anticipate a hefty, hefty response from the NFL for something like that. I, you know, this is, you, you know, we already are, are dealing with, you know, superstars and athletes and, and actors in Hollywood who are getting tests where the normal residents and the normal population can't get tests. If all of a sudden now the NFL comes out and they're defying all the things that are being said, all the, the protocols that everybody's trying to put in place to help this thing go away sooner than later, and they're defying those, that, that's, just, that's just an awful, awful look. And remember, the NFL is coming off some, some bad PR for the last you know, four, five, six years. I don't think they need another PR nightmare. Yeah, it's, it, it, I think that they would all be better off just accepting sort of an old-school take towards this entire draft and the scouting and everything that goes on. What direction, Jim, would you like to see the Bears go in the draft, and particularly or specifically with those two picks in the second round? Well, they got to go. They got to go offensive line, in my opinion. I, I don't. You know, it's it's time to start really building. Your, your team. I think, you know, they've, they've done some things, you know, when, it, when Ryan first got here on the defensive side, we saw the fruits of that labor two years ago. Um, you know, last year just, it just didn't, didn't come around as well. You know, they're going to need another corner. In my opinion, they've, you know, the Artie Burns signing, you're taking a chance on a guy who is a, uh, a, a first round pick. He's got first round talent, at least in the eyes of the Steelers who drafted him in the first round, you know, maybe he comes around, maybe he gets, 
you know, gets gets uh, that 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 spark again, and all of a sudden he's playing at that first round level. Um, you know, but the offensive line it was just awful last year. I mean, everything that went into that thing, the offensive line, the um, you know, they can't move anybody, so they can't run power football, and they just weren't very good in space last year um, with regards to you know pass blocking and, and running zone type schemes. So I, I think you're going to see a heavy investment in the offensive line, and as as much as that's not very sexy and and, t- and fun to talk about as we go through the draft, it's it's an imperative and it's and it's definitely a need. The Bears signed Jermaine Effetti of Seattle, who's been flagged 29 times for false starts and 12 for holding, according to Pro Football Reference. This is a team that already has Charles Leno Jr. So is this? Just trying to find somebody else's first rounder, find out if it's misguided or not. Just hoping you can you can mine some kind of diamond out of this piece of coal. Or is absolutely, this yeah, a- absolutely. And with Mingo as well, and you know, like I said, with Artie Burns, that's that's what you're doing now. You're you're you know you're you're taking a chance on you might get a diamond in the rough, and maybe you hit on one of those three guys I just mentioned, or you know maybe you get. Um, you know, a shell of something that's, that, but but it's an upgrade. You know, and that, I think that's that's what you're looking for. You know, the, the the like for the Robert Quinn, that was a huge upgrade. That helps. That gets that gets that gets some some attention that needs to be paid to the opposite side of Khalil Mack. But you're not gonna you're not gonna change what you do for an Artie Burns or an Afede or you know or a Mingo. Those those guys aren't gonna those guys aren't gonna move the needle, so to speak. But they're definitely in the minds of a general manager. You're upgrading your roster, and if that's and if you've made your roster better, you know, by the than it was before you made that move, then that's a positive direction. That's momentum, and that's and that's what you're looking to get done in the off season. Hey Jim, what's your gut feeling? And I and I will take it for what it is on whether or not training camps in the NFL start on time. You know, Mark. Here's here's what I've been telling people. You know, right now. Whether or not we start to see the numbers plateau and then we the curve gets flattened and all the things you've heard and the numbers start to go down, um, if it's still in 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 the society, if it's still prevalent, if there's still a case and there are still cases being reported, I don't anticipate there's any scenario where the NFL and the players union and Morris Smith allow their players to run into each other, exchange. Mm bodily fluid, spit, blood, sweat, whatever it is, and run the risk of something, you know, going sideways. I, I've been, I've said until there's some type of a, of a vaccine, some type of a, of a, uh, a cocktail that, that can, that can knock this thing down. Um, I don't anticipate you're going to really see anything. I don't see, I don't see anything in sports um, and not to mention what, what's going to be like in the crowd. So you're going to slam 60,000 people in Soldier Field, and the guy down the road from you sneezes, and he doesn't cover his nose. What, well, then what happens? And all of a sudden that section gets, gets you know, everybody leaves that section. Somebody goes to the game, has got a cough. Uh, you know, so, so, okay, we play in front of no fans because it's all about the TV deal anyway. Now you're running the risk of, you know, a uh, – uh, Denver Nuggets thing where now you got, you know, a couple guys get it and it runs through that team. And, oh, by the way, the team they played, they got a couple guys that have it. So until there's a, until there's a vaccine or until there's some type of treatment that is effective, um, I, I don't anticipate you're really going to see anything. 
I fear that too, and I don't think you're going to see anything for a while. Um, Jim, be safe, be well. We thank you for joining us, and the, um, glad to see things sound like they're under control in Palatine. Well, I appreciate that, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. That's Jim Schwantz, Mayor of Palatine, analyst for WBBM 780 AM 105.9 FM, the pregame, postgame, halftime Bears football broadcast. And tomorrow on the score, you'll catch a Bears football broadcast of the 2007 uh, playoff game against the New Orleans Saints. By the way, the um, this happened earlier in the week, uh, as I don't know if you saw this, Mark, but David Axelrod, who is Obama's strategist, is um, a very good Twitter follow. So his words going around on Tuesday that Washington lawmakers were, the way the phrase was, at the two-yard line of agreeing to a stimulus package. David Axelrod tweeted out, as Chicago Bears fans can tell you, those last two yards can be really, really hard to get. (laughs) Then the $2 trillion stimulus package was approved. Word came down, and he followed his own tweet with this. Unlike the Chicago Bears, they apparently punched the ball over the goal line. So there you go. You got an Obama Obama strip. He's Obama strategist <laughs> sideswiping the Bears. Take That's it easy, the... Axelrod. <laughs> I love that. I don't know if you saw this tweet. Um, somebody you you may have. Did you ever talk to Brent Urban? Brent, the yes, defensive that, end in the a Bears. group. In a group. Not, not in a group. didn't get a whole lot of one-on-one time with Brent Urban, but yeah, in, in a group. Yes. Well, my here the the person in that family you want to talk to is the wife. Um, earlier this week, there was a tweet from uh, Kate Salerno Urban, and it was aimed at Adam Schefter. So the tweet says, at Adam Schefter, D.E. Brent Urban is re-signing with the Chicago Bears on one-year deal, period, per source, period. I'm the source, period. <laughs> <laughs> Get, get her, her on. Get her on one of your uh, interviews. That's what we need. I like we need it. Kate Salerno Urban. All right, we come back. We'll hear from the uh, justice of the uh, chief justice of the Supreme Court of the uh, Waken Bay Club, and we have some uh, we have some hand sanitizer and face mask news that we will discuss. And uh, later on in the hour, we'll talk to. David Schuster, the NBA has some interesting plans. We'll run them by him. We, uh, we hope you're safe. We hope you're well. We hope you're finding some mirth and jocularity in whatever it is we're doing. We hope you find some interest in the sports we're discussing. We're trying to make it easier on you. And we're trying to suck so you don't have to. Rosenblum and Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in, welcome back. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you. Talking to David Schuster later this hour, top of the hour. 
We'll have a wellness check on our young odds maker, Eli Hershkovich, who has no odds to make, but we wanted to create some situations for him to at least keep those muscles going. <laughs> I just think the idea that Eli's really good. He had a wonderful college season. He, he almost hit last year's tournament perfectly. And we did this at your suggestion, Mark, a couple weeks ago, made a wellness check on Eli. How are you doing without anything to do? And he was great. So we have, we yeah, have some ideas like for to, him. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to also make sure he is not added to his East Coast accent repertoire beyond saying tournament, which he dropped several times. I believe he was on McNeil and Spiegel, and he kept saying tournament, 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 and neither of the Dans were calling him out on it, so I had to call him out on Twitter. So we'll see if he has recovered from that. And make sure, and just, I mean, I just think he needs good Midwest people continuing to speak to him, to be in his ear, to keep that in his brain, because we don't want an orange to turn into an orange all of a sudden, if you know what I'm saying. Tournament. Yeah, that's what they have back there. They have tournaments out back there. Yeah. So. Tournaments and oranges. I mean, they, they just, they, they do not pronounce words uh, correctly. So, yeah. So we have to, um, as we isolate quarantine, um, there, there are <clears throat> news among the pieces of news coming out. There was a um, need for hand sanitizer. There's been a run on that, which is far more necessary than toilet paper um, in, in, in most immediately. And the, this, this seems to be a kind of Occam's razor kind of thing. More people are, more companies are figuring out ways to produce hand sanitizer. So in Chicago, if you had to pick one, if there was one that seemed most obvious, what do you think it might be? What do you think it might be, Mark? Most obvious. What's the most obvious hand sanitizer? Yeah, the most What's obvious. What's the question? The most obvious company that makes some kind of oh. fluid to switch to hand to making hand sanitizer. Oh, to switch from into hand sanitizer. Um, yeah. I don't pivot, know. You pivot you were, professionally. Yeah. Well, last week you were talking about alcohol and vodka mm -hmm. being yeah. able to be transformed. So perhaps a brand of vodka. Well, not necessarily vodka. It's sort of unto its own, but especially in Chicago, Malort has switched to making the distillery has switched to making a Malort brand hand sanitizer for hospitals and clinics. They'll put it in one liter bottles and they will get it to the professionals. It's not going to be available on the yeah. market. It would be a collector's item, I think. I don't think they could produce that fast enough. But it's kind of, like I said, it's Occam's razor. The simplest answer, who would be most likely to produce hand sanitizer? The Malort. And they are. The Malort, yep. Makes yeah, sense. According to Josh Noel of the uh, Tribune wrote that it, you know, some people might think it tastes like hand sanitizer already. <laughs> so you're, <laughs> you're halfway there. And there was a report, and I don't know how accurate it is. It figures to be real at some point in time. A doctor tweeted it out that, that within 10 days, the CDC will recommend that everybody wear masks. You see a lot of people wearing them already. And I understand why. Um, I'm hesitant to do so. I don't know what I might be taking away from somebody who really needs it. I, I'm asymptomatic. I, I realize this is potentially a fight for your life, but the, the, the 
shortage, we're told, uh, is something that um, the people who are most most at risk and, mo and, and most unhealthy at the moment are those who need it. So if it becomes a requirement and there's going to be a real panic to do this, I saw today a really simple way to make your own mask and all you need is a handkerchief, a handkerchief and two rubber bands. I don't know if you saw this video. I'd never seen it before. You take the handkerchief, open it up, take the bottom left, bottom right corner, move them up, fold them over, top left, top half, or top right, and then do it again. So you have this rectangular, triple folded piece of fabric. Slide the rubber bands on each end so you're at about one third in from the right, one third of the way in from the left. Fold over the, the part, the outer parts outside the rubber band, and now you have you have different layers where you can slip the left side into the right side. And then if you pick that up and you put the rubber bands around your ears, you have a mask that will cover your mouth and your nose. And no I would have to say, I'm thinking about this and I'm visualizing this. I'm thinking you probably look like a bit of a badass too, if it's a handkerchief, like an outlaw look. Right, you could, you could mold a bandana that way. You could do that. And, and there's going to be, if this ever, we're getting, I could see us coming to that point. I don't know if the CDC will officially say that, but to, to, you can go try to track these down. They become tough to find. And I'm not saying these are the N95s. These are, these are perfect, but for whatever protection you can offer yourself, this is a simple way. I'm sure you could do it with, you can cut fabrics. You got extra shirts lying around. You could do that, but this is a no scissors necessary way. And if you have handkerchiefs, problem is you can't go into clothing stores and buy handkerchiefs anymore because the clothing stores aren't open. But you may have some sitting around your house. You may have some way of, of being resourceful enough, but it just takes two rubber bands and, you, and that's the way you do it. And you've created a mask that at least will block something and make you feel a little safer and, and you actually will be a little safer. To what percentage? I don't know. So I thought that was pretty Maybe amazing. Maybe with all of our uh, stimulus checks, there will be a handkerchief uh, as well in our stimulus checks in that package. That, it will and two rubber bands. You just need two rubber bands to go around the to go around your ears. So at, at this point, the, the short of a vaccine, the way that everything has been, every curve that has been flattened has been flattened by isolation and quarantining. So... The Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the Wake and Bake Club cut a video for the state of California. Snoop Dogg was featured in a video on the official state Twitter, official Twitter of the state of California. And I felt, Mark and I felt it was our obligation to bring it to all of our WB Club members and he was speaking, you'll hear who he's speaking to, but this goes for everybody, so listen up. My fellow Californians, real important message. I need y'all to stay in the house for me, man, real talk. I need everybody to stay in the house. I know it's hard, but we gotta stay in the house so we can get this thing, you know, under control. So please do me a favor and stay home and spread the word. Stay in the house. Do not go outside unless you have to, please. The longer you stay outside, the longer we're going to be inside. 
I love y'all. This is from Big Snoop Dogg. Peace. There you go. <laughs> love y'all. <laughs> love y'all. Peace. That's Snoop Dogg. That's that's the Chief Justice of the Wake and Bake Club Supreme Court, and it's coming from him. So, so there you go. And if Nate Dogg were still around, he would tell you to smoke weed every day because that's what. Nate Dogg would say, if you smoke like I smoke. Yes, he would. Okay. We'll take a break, and um, we encourage you to make use of the bong. Um, It's pass, 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 don't puff. We just want to make sure of that. But whatever kind of self-medicating you need to uh, survive David Schuster, he's coming up next. Rosenblum and Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Bottom of the hour, brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Nebraska and Maryland this fall at Ryan Field. Buy tickets now at NUSports.com. And that music means that joining us now on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park, is David Schuster. David, how are you feeling today? Well, I'm feeling just great. I love this um, tweet by our, your buddy next to you. Well, he's, actually, he's not next to you. He's about, what, 10, 15 miles away from you. Uh, Mark Grody, who goes, uh, next we're going to have Shoe Mouse on to talk um, um, question mark. And so I wrote back, of course, beats me too. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. But I sort of considered myself like one of those guests that was on The Tonight Show all the time that really had nothing to say, but Johnny Carson had him on all the time. So and during the commercial, I looked up, and I'm going to throw this out to you and maybe the class. Who had the most appearances on The Tonight Show over all those years? Do you have any guess? On, when, Johnny Carson, when Johnny Carson was a host? Yeah, I guess Johnny Carson. It didn't specifically say, but it said Tonight Show. But, yeah, I would imagine the major majority would have been uh, Johnny Carson. Dom DeLuise, Burt Reynolds. Good guesses, both, but no. <laughs> I know Joe Rivers was considered for the seat. This, this is really, radio at its absolute best, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I really liked No, but I like the question for, for those of us who are in the high risk of COVID-19 group, because we're the only ones who remember that. Um, Joan uh, Embry, the, 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 the one from the, the San Diego Zoo. I'll give you the answer. Joan Embry, that's good. That was I a wanna, good one. Yeah, maybe some of the animals were on there more. Give than us a clue. Else. I like this. Give us a give um, us a clue, Don, David. All right. Don Rickles was, or Buddy Hackett? He, I, I will give you a clue. He's also the very first guest ever on the David Letterman show. Steve Martin. No, good guess again. No. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This, oh, Bill you're Murray. You're right, John. Right, John Ray. A, com- a comedian. No, no not Bill, Bill Murray. Murray wasn't. No. Take it easy, Jesus. This this was a comedian no. who, honestly, I didn't find very funny, <laughs> to be honest with you. God, I should oh, know well, the Letterman one. Who was the first ever guest on Letterman? Oh, George Carlin. Um, no. He was it wasn't funny, George Carlin. I thought he was Letterman's first guest. I just I'm read not... this, and unless, unless this is wrong, this is what it just said. I looked it up. And I thought Bill Let's Murray was, was Letterman's make this first guest. You're not going to guess this. 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll know it? the name when it? we hear it. So, Grody, you wanted to know what we were going to talk about? This is what we're going to talk about. This is good for me, man. What, uh, who, what's the answer? David Brenner. He made oh, the most appearance. Now, does that count guest hosting? Because he guest hosted, too. Uh, I don't know. It says 75 appearances on The Tonight Show. He did a hysterical bit about um, you're on a date and, and you get a booger stuck in your nose and you can't pick your nose and it whistles every time you breathe. <laughs> I like David. By the Brenner. way, to the, uh, to the to the to the.
to the text line or to David's Twitter. Let's just do it. Ask David anything. So if you have yeah, a sure. question for David Schuster, <laughs> any personal or sports, 6711, or at Shoemouse or at Mark Rody Sports, uh, David, will we will ask these. Go as ahead. a matter of fact, our old friend Bruce Wolf want to know your favorite uh, baseball movie I see on Twitter. Bruce, wow. I did, a, I did a show a couple times with Bruce Wolf. Those are memorable. Um, Love Bruce. See. Uh, uh, I mean, The Natural was really good, obviously. Um, oh, gosh, I'm terrible on names of movies, even though I've seen them, most of them. What, what's the one with uh, James Earl Jones? I'm, sp- I'm spacing out right now. Are you talking about no. Field, of Field, Dreams, of Dreams? Field of Dreams? Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. That, David, isn't that, that like your favorite come, movie? Ray. <laughs> That's probably okay, my favorite. Ray. That's one of my favorite movies of all and time, much less a sports I guess that mixed movie. up with... Yeah. I agree. Ray, Andy Dufresne... Ray Bears. Okay. Um, one of the things really that well. we can talk about is um, Jay Williams, the um, former bicycle ride, uh, motorcycle riding bull who ended that way. Right. right? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> he went on Get Up, the ESPN show, with Mike Greenbaum, our former colleague at the score. And he said, he wants the NBA back, even if there are no fans in the arenas. And he said, quote, please take our mind away from what's happening currently in the world. Well, and Baron, he, he, Baron Davis retweeted it with this comment. Somebody stick Baron. a plunger in his mouth. Oh, uh, ST blank blank, bro. People getting really sick and people are dying. He should wake up and go play by himself. Tired of this bleep, man. Did Baron so, Davis in his picture have a couple of pistols sitting next to him by chance? No, just a lot of beard. Just yeah. a lot of beard. His beard is it's sort of the James Harden starter set. That's the starter right. kit. Well, yeah. let me answer that because Jay Williams might get his wish eventually, but it's not going to be right away. I think if there is any basketball to be played, regular season, playoffs, what have you, um, and Brian Windhurst reported this yesterday on ESPN that if or when the NBA does come back, it will be without fans, like almost 100%. I mean, that'll be the way they, maybe all sports is going to be that way, at least initially when it started back up, to get it going quicker. Um, I think, you know, um, I guess, I guess, I'm just guessing at all of this, by the way, that it's less of a risk doing it that way as opposed to having 20,000 fans in an NBA arena or 40,000 fans, for instance, in a baseball stadium. So he might get his wish. And by the way, the NBA was all set to do this until Rudy Gobert came down with, you know, the coronavirus himself. You know, they were on the next day, the verge of announcing that they were going to play the rest of the regular season without fans. And then, of course, he got sick and then the whole thing just sort of spiraled to where it is currently right now. So Jay Williams eventually, potentially, I should say also, might get his wish, but uh, nothing is in the offing right now. Well, my attitude about all of it, and this goes for all of the sports, whether it's basketball, hockey, and even baseball, my first, my initial thought is don't force it for us, as in don't force it for the fans, don't force it for TV and radio. It would be nice, like if you're doing it for yourselves, that's all cool. I think the only sport that really could um, maybe accidentally benefit from all of this David, I don't know if you agree or disagree, would be baseball, just because every year baseball is obsessed with, and justifiably so, trying to make its game a little bit more interesting. 
uh, you think it's more interesting if they play without fans? Is that what you're saying? And, um, well, or just do something differently, whether it's without fans, maybe a neutral site World Series, a shorter schedule, one that would be 140 games or fewer. Um, I just think adjustments to baseball probably could possibly help that sport as opposed to the other sports where the NHL, the postseason is incredibly popular in the NHL and the NBA as a whole is very popular. I'm just saying I think that baseball with some adjustments could accidentally benefit from it. Uh, um, I don't know about that, Mark. I'm not really sure. I'd have to think a little bit more about that. I mean, baseball has had truncated, abbreviated seasons in the past for whatever reason, strike-related or otherwise. So, I mean, that wouldn't be totally new to it. Uh, playing without fans, of course, would be completely new, and I don't see any benefit to growing the sport that way. I mean, would the TV ratings be higher? Potentially, I guess. Um you know, what other things? I mean, baseball's trying to do some things even before this whole thing unfortunately happened. They were going to have the reliever have the three batter rule and, and some other things. Uh, you know, are you also suggesting that maybe they go ahead and if they reach the 12th inning, start a, uh, an inning with a runner on second base with nobody out? Uh, are you suggesting something along those lines as well? Well, I'm saying that this would be the opportunity to try it and maybe not get as much backlash from the fans. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're all in a situation, I think fans are in a situation where they would probably, even if they don't like it as a whole, they would at least understand it. If there ever was a year to try something ridiculous, this would be the year. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I, and I, I understand your logic. And if nothing else, at least the fans wouldn't be throwing anything on the field if they didn't like anything, because they wouldn't be there, I guess. So that's um, <laughs> true. But no, I understand your point. I mean, you know, everything is so radical here to begin with. Why don't you just throw some other stuff up against, you know, the board and just see if maybe something sticks and maybe they like it and they, you know, go with it going forward, I guess is what you're trying to say. I wonder, yeah. we're talking with David Schuster here on the score. I wonder if. I've not heard anything about it. I can't imagine they would let any media in to cover these things, which would save you sitting through a bunch of seven-inning doubleheaders, David. But if it were the the baseball, or the, whether it was base, Major League Baseball, the NBA, or whatever it was, you're doing it because you've got so much TV money at stake. Mm -hmm. So you test the cameramen before you let them in, the announcers. You have... There are other people. It's not just five guys on each team playing basketball. You've got the officials. You've got the, I mean, the referees. You've got the officials. Score tables. Um, I, I don't know. You could put them somewhere else, but you'd certainly have to have cameramen. I, there'd be a lot of, I have never seen anything written about the, um, the secondary part of getting a game played, which is for the TV money, the TV people themselves, and the officials. Have you seen anything? I, no, I haven't actually. I mean, I've, I've certainly contemplated it, and, and I'm wondering if I'm one of those, in quotation marks, essential you're, people, even no, myself. You're not, um, David. You're not essential. Just let I'm me not, clarify that for you. Damn no, it. No, not essential. Um, but that saves you the double headers. <laughs> uh, uh, would they be seven innings? I might go for that if they're only seven innings. But, if, but there know, would be two of them, so there'd be 14 at least. Yeah, that's a piece of cake. Um, I don't know. That's obviously a really good question on your part, Rosie. Basketball, baseball, football, all the sports. I mean, would they limit the media to, you know, beyond a skeleton crew? I mean, would we have to sit six feet apart? Would I have to sit six feet apart from Grobstein? That's my real question here. 
Mark, you want to answer right. that one? <laughs> Doesn't everybody try? <laughs> By the way, uh, David, you and I are hosting a couple of shows uh, next week, and I am adding Les Grobstein to our guest list as we speak. So Perfect. either we Monday even night have or to Tuesday ask him more night. Than one question. He'll just he'll no, just look, go on I think and this on is. And on. Honestly, there are the peripheral benefits and those who benefit from from this um, or that will come out better for it. Les Grobstein, I'm sorry, but he was made to talk about sports when there are no sports going on because that's, you know, Grobber, you know, just pick a year. Let's start uh, 1982. All right, Steve Onaveris was the third base. You know, I mean, he can, he can go in any direction. He was, nobody is more prepared and built for what's going on in sports radio. I'm talking across the country than Grobstein. This, this should be a golden age of Grobber. That's if the golden age of replay. That's what that's what he is. So, um, you know, you, we I imagine those shows, David. If you check the text line, it will be like ours when we've had Grobber on. That every texter will want Mark to interview Grobber as Grobber. That's gonna happen. I do it every time. Hey, every time I'm on with Grobber, I do. You just have to listen carefully. Well, I just have the Larry Bittner spell off. Yeah, and I hate to say, you know, (laughs) hate to add this also, but every time I've had Les on as a guest, I look at the text line and I always get the same question. Ask him about the three technique. And I'm glad they ask him because, honestly, guys, I don't think I'd have a good time answering that question myself. Well, that's the the dirty little secret about all of that. Like, had any of us, except for, like, Dan Bernstein, been asked that question, I don't know how well any of us would have been actually describing. Like, we know what the three technique is, but actually describing it intelligently and practically to somebody who asked that question on the spot, I don't know that any of us would have done particularly well. But it was Grobber, so it was funny. I would have deferred if that was asked that one and just said, that's a nasty question. Next question. There you go. That's <laughs> it. All right, don't so be a cutie you, pie. So, <laughs> so you came in with a quiz for us, and we failed miserably. We, we will leave with a quiz for you, David, okay. that you, you might pass. There are some – the Twitterverse has captured some movie theaters that are obviously closed because mm-hmm. of the quarantining. And they've used their marquees for humorous reasons. So uh, the one in Minnesota, the Uptown in Minnesota, uh, has a has two marquees, essentially. One is um, pronounced like it was a bay window. And then there's one, the marquee you're used to seeing over the doors as you walk in. So you, I'll give you the quote that they used. And, and oh, it's you a movie give me quote. The, and you give okay. me the movie. So the one movie quote is, I assure you we're not open. Oh, boy. Um, I thought you were going to say, I'll be back. Uh, I don't know, Rosie. You're going to have to tell me that one. I don't know. Do you know, Mark? It's a play on, I assure you, we're open. It's from Clerks. And below it, from below it in the Uptown, it's, you're still here. It's over. Go home. Mm. Go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Mark knows what does David does the, does our movie guy know? Uh, the, the movie guy likes going to movies. I don't remember it. Listen, I don't remember lines of movies like some people. I'll go ahead, Mark. I'll defer to you on this one also. Well, no, it was Clerks. It was what? Oh, uh, you know I don't know. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Say it again, Rosie. Hold on. You're still here. It's over. Go home. 
Go. Oh, you know what? I, I should know this one. Because Nine I, I can, times. I can hear yeah. the character saying it in the movie. Ferris but Bueller's I just, Day Off. Yeah. There you Bueller. go. That's it. That Bueller. Bueller. God. And here's Bueller. I had it, and then I lost it in my brain. So. And here's another one at the um, at the Fargo that it the. Um, and this was tweeted out by Ed Solomon, who said, "I've had gigantic disappointments and way more failures than successes, but then I see things like this, and I feel like at the end of the day, at least we put something good out into the world." And what was on the marquee of the Fargo movie theater is this. Wash your hands and be excellent to each other. I like that. Now, what movie is that boss. referencing? Fargo. Wash your hands. And be excellent to each other. Wash your hands doesn't count. Bill be and excellent. Ted's Excellent Adventure. There you go. Johnny Olson, tell him what he's won. A brand new For real? car! Yes, Bill and really Ted's excellent. Answer? Be excellent to I each other. Good. Come on, David. Geez. You know, do you guys remember the old uh, newlywed game? And seemingly everybody at the end of the old newlywed game would win a new washer and dryer. And I was always waiting for the couple to go, "Come on, give us something better than that crappy gift." Come on. Is yeah. That what happened get? to this? What happened to this sex toys that other couple won? <laughs> All right. All right, David. Thank you, Will. Will, we should do that next week. Oh, Ask you know, David real, anything. Real, quick, real quickly, guys, because I know you probably have already made mention of it. Today, of course, is the anniversary of Michael uh, and uh, Bill Winnington. Scoring the tomorrow? fifth combining. Is it 29th? I think it was today, but I could be wrong. Oh, um, okay, this weekend. Anyway, so Michael Make had 55 points that day, 21 of 37 from the field. Uh, and, and the play where Winnington scores the game-winning basket, I mean, Jordan just absolutely suckered John Starks, and then Patrick Ewing came over and uh, tried to double-team, and Winnington had the easy dunk at the end of the game. But after the game, Craig Sager, God rest his soul, you know, was interviewing Michael. I just saw this on uh, on YouTube, and he asked him, hey, nice assist at the end, and Michael, I think deadpan, said, hey, don't count on me shooting every time. I can pass. I think that <laughs> yeah, was the only. I think that was the only time he passed that game. But boy, was it yeah. a beauty. Yes, it was. Double nickel in the garden. That was it. Broadway waited, and and he, it was showtime. David, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Be well. David Schuster, talking whatever. We should do that, Mark. I like your idea. Ask David anything. We'll do ADA next week with him. Absolutely. Yep. Because we're running out of stuff for David. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll take a break when we come back we're gonna make a make a, a wellness check on our odds maker with no odds to set young eli rosenblum and grody saturday suckage you figured that out once schuster came on chicago sports radio 670 the score we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.